We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theater throughout the world. And we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theater Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanov. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the producing side of theater and learn more about a great new musical. Uh, I've heard some of the songs and, and they sound incredible. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, Mark Levine. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. You as well. You as well. And if you're listening in August, uh, well, happy holidays then too. <laughs> so who knows right. what the podcast when you're listening? So That's true. awesome. So we start every show the same way, Mark. We want to get your 30 second bio. Who is Mark in 30 seconds? Wow. Mark Levine is a theater hospitality entrepreneur who owns event staffing companies here in New York. We're party planners and event planners. We are also in the art world. We have an art consulting business, and we are now the lead producer of this exciting new musical, Fly More Than You Fall. Awesome. Nice. That was concise and quick and and perfect. Wow. And I got in under 30 seconds. You did. Awesome. I want to take it back. Were you always into uh, theater, musical theater growing up? Or is that something you discovered a little bit later in life? No, I was always into it. As a young kid, my mother did community theater growing up. And I would go with her to her shows and usher and collect tickets and stuff like that. So my love of theater started at a very, very early age. And my parents exposed me to Broadway and theater growing up as well a lot, too. Are you from New York? Uh, uh, yeah, native New York. I grew up about half hour outside of uh, New York City. And now I live and my businesses are based in New York City. Yes. <laughs> Did you want to be in theater or was that just something that you enjoyed? I think I, I think I, in the back of my mind, knew I always wanted to be in theater. My parents at a young age took me on a shoot for a Jell-O TV commercial. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then growing up, I did shows in high school and elementary school and put on shows in my parents' backyards to yard to raise money for charity. So yeah, I think I always knew that theater would have a part in my life. Cool. And to what extent I didn't know, but now I know. So did you get the Jello commercial? That's what we're all thinking. We did get, I did get the Jello commercial. However, it did not air. <laughs> what? But I get a lifetime of Jello. No, I'm just kidding. I did not get a lifetime of Jello. No. It never aired, but I'm finally getting over the fact that that was my first rejection in the world of theater. I got the commercial, but it didn't make it onto the air. That's okay. Bittersweet, but you learned early. <laughs> I, did. I learned rejection, acceptance and rejection very early. So what did you, if, if you, did you go to, uh, did you go to post-secondary for theater or anything like that? No, I, I went to college and business school for uh, business and marketing and I majored from uh, Boston University with a degree in, mar I majored in marketing from Boston University. Uh, nice. Went to Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana for two years, then went to uh, Boston University. Nice, and, and so what took you into the producing world? What was that trigger that sent you, I wanna start taking doing theater that way? Yeah, and while I was in college, my parents invested in a Broadway show uh, that I love, the tap dance kid with Alfonso Ribeiro, mm. who's now a very big, you know, a big star, big, big TV personality. I loved the show. I went to the show 
18 times. I put together a scrapbook. I was really a big fan of the, of the show. Uh, then several years later, no, after college, I had the opportunity in my 30s, I was invited to invest in a show. So I invested in my first Broadway show. Um, nice work if you can get it with Matthew Broderick and mm. Kelly O'Hara. That led me to wanting to start learning more and more about theater and um, started raising money for other people's shows. Then had the opportunity to raise money to get producer credit. And that first show was the revival of Sideshow. Oh, yes. Which was a beautiful show. So that's how I got my producing foot in the door was with the revival of the musical Sideshow. What's it what's it like when you when you see the show that you you are backing and and is your life like uh nice work right you said that was really one of the first ones uh what's what's that like to to see it on stage like that and what kind of feeling do you get well that was my first investment so mm. the, the first time investing in a show um i got to take my mother with my mother was my plus one for opening night nice. we had a great time i made her an opening night gift and we went to the party after and you know, got to, you know, celebrate that great show. Um, my first producing credit, the first time I got to see my name on, in the Playbill. Oh, nice. And on the sign outside was Sideshow. And that was just a phenomenal, phenomenal, exciting feeling and getting to go to marketing meetings after it opened and getting to really hear and learn about the other side of putting a show together. It's not just sitting there and enjoying the opening night, but getting to the day after reading all those great reviews and really starting to feel like you're part of the team that will mold the future of, um, of a show. So Sideshow was my first. Yeah. So with Sideshow, what, what is it that drew you as a, as a, to want to invest and be a producer in that show? Yeah, I had read about it while it was playing out of town in Washington, D.C. at the Kennedy Center. And I had heard such great things from friends that had gone there that I made the trip out to go see it myself. And, and I loved it. I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I had never seen the original, but this revival was something that was truly, truly beautiful. And years later, I went to, I was in London and a friend of mine was putting on a smaller version in London. So I got to see it, you know, in DC and then it went to Broadway and changed a little and opening night on Broadway and then going to London to see it in like a small, small, like rafters, like 50 people in the audience, still beautiful. So to see the various incarnations of that show was really special. And the night that Sideshow closed on Broadway, it was a very emotional Mm -hmm. feeling. I had gotten to know a lot of the cast members and the crew members, uh, and it was, it it didn't get to play on Broadway as long as it should have, but I still felt so emotionally connected having seen that show several times on Broadway before Mm -hmm. it closed. And that last final night, I, I was like in tears. I was in tears. Yes, the grown man <laughs> crying in the audience in this sideshow. But it was, it was the start of a wonderful relationship with people that I met through the show, many of whom I still speak with and are friends with today. That actually brings up an interesting question that, that popped into my head because I, I'm a, an associate producer at a small little theater at a, a university here in, in Toronto. Um, 
but you no, know, because it's at a university, I'm dealing with students and I, and there's a lot of involvement. I, it's a lot of hands on and, and I get to know the kids and, and the shows and things like that. When, it, when it's a Broadway show, how much interaction does the producer have with, with the cast or the director or anything like that? Because you said you did get to know them, but I'm curious, how, how uh, in depth does it get? It's, it all depends on the individual, on the, on the lead producer side, how much access that they will give you to the director mm-hmm. of rehearsals and stuff like that. But as far as meeting them, I always made it an effort on my side <laughs> to contact them and reach out to them and say, hey, I'm you know, Mark Levine, I'm an investor in the show or I'm a co-producer on the show and become friends with them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I also, <laughs> for example, I was involved with On Your Feet, the Gloria Estefan musical a few years ago. And I must have seen it several hundred times. I would go at intermission. I would, you know, just like pop in and out. And when the cast members were doing something outside of the show, if they were performing in a nightclub or something like that, I always made an effort to go to that and to support them outside of the show. Or on opening night, I've I've always given gifts from myself Mm -hmm. that I've made for the cast. So I want to, so that's a way for me to do things that I like to do that aren't always done by other producers. So if I'm gonna get involved with the show in whatever way, shape or form that that's meant to be from the lead producers, cause they kind of, they direct kind of how much access you'll have. I've always decided on my own that I wanna kind of get to know them on a more personal level and support them in whatever way, shape or form that I can. You know, as an, a performer, if I saw that and, and had that experience of, of one of the producers, you know, contacting me and, and showing an interest, it would make me show that they care. And, and because you don't always get that, right? It's, it's sometimes you're on stage and you just know you're there, you're doing your job, but it, it kind of shows that you're invested just as much, not just economically, but emotionally, which is fantastic. Absolutely, because I started my business, my model bartender's business, which does staffing for parties in New York, LA, Chicago, Canada, we're getting international now. A staffing business was really started and 95% of our staff are models and actors mm-hmm. and people tr- trying to get into that field, into the performing field. And it is such a challenging, heartbreaking, you know, you need a lot of courage to go mm-hmm. after, to, to do that. So when, you know, I see, you know, a few times they've gotten a, a big modeling job or an acting job and nothing would make me happier than for people who come to New York, not to have to work in the hospitality or on catering, but it is an industry that is very supportive mm-hmm. for people that are pursuing the arts. So I love it when several of our staff have gone on to be in Broadway shows and nothing makes me happier yeah. than to visit them after and say like, okay, you got your start with model bartenders and now you're on, <laughs> you know, in the Broadhurst, you know, on the stage, you know, yeah. conversation. yeah, very exciting. That's very cool. Very cool. And uh, what are some of the other shows that you've uh, invested in? You've become a producer on, I-, I can see them on the screen here, but tell us a little bit about it. Right. Um, so it started with Sideshow. We, I did, the, I was involved with the revival of Carousel, um, On Your Feet, the story of Gloria and Emilio Estefan, which, as I said, I was a big fan and supporter of that. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, Sound Inside with Mary Louise Parker, and last season, Lifespan of a Fact with Daniel Radcliffe and Bobby Cannavale, the 
um, Revival of Carousel, Dangerous Liaisons, uh, and Haiti, recently Hades Town, that is still on there. The Tina, Tina, the Tina Turner musical, um, Be More Chill last season, yeah. the phenomenon of Be More Chill, um, uh, which got to Broadway in such a unique way. But that's for another conversation. <laughs> um, a company, I'm involved with company, both in London that won the Olivier and nice. the one that's opening on Broadway, that it was about to open on Broadway now. Yeah, um, and several other, several other. Bernal in the King, Hades Town, Carousel. <laughs> Just looking around the room, trying to figure Watch out what you're <laughs> Simon Side, Tina. You know the tour now that was out when COVID started. The tour of um, My Fair Lady, which is beautiful. Nice. I hope it gets to Canada and you get to see it. So, uh, I am hoping so too. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, so you, and showboat in London. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> from the West End to New York, and who knows? Hopefully, fly more than you fall. Hopefully, we'll one day wind up. Yeah. Who knows? It might even start. We've been looking into the Canada market because it's such a wonderful theater community and that you have in in Canada. Okay. That who knows? This the show might start in Canada before it even gets before it makes it to Broadway. Who knows? It's a, an international, wonderful, beautiful story. So, well, then let's, let's uh, move on to that because uh, that's how we met. We met at NAMT, uh, the conference yep. in uh, November of 2020. <laughs> I couldn't remember what year it is. And um, yeah, you introduced me to this show and I thought it was, I listened to it and it's got some fantastic songs. Tell us a little bit more about the show. I'd love to tell you about Fly More Than You Fall, a beautiful story that I, a production that I saw last fall at Utah Valley University that was mounting a five-week production to as a way to introduce their beautiful new theater there. Uh, Fly More Than You Fall was written by Eric Zagree, uh, Eric Holmes and Nat Zagree. And it tells a story, it introduces a story of a young girl, Malia, who deals with the tragic news of her mother's diagnosis in the only way she knows how, it's through her writing. Uh, she crafts a tale of a young bird with broken wings who embarks on the journey of a lifetime, weaving in and out of her real life struggles to navigate grief, puberty, and growing up in the middle of nowhere. The kids in her town don't understand her. You know, they spend the summer going to corn shucking camp, <laughs> which is what I've learned. A lot of peop people in the Midwest do that for their summers. You know, it's a summer thing in the Midwest yeah. and she's going off to writing camp and she just doesn't fit in, but she's writing this story. And, you know, she finds out that her mother has cancer and the parents come and they want to take her out of camp. And it's about how does she still go home to spend that summer with her mom mm -hmm. and still writing that story, writing her own story about what awaits. And it, it really talks about people who, or who want to follow their dreams and the things that block them on their way, but they still want to get up to the top of the hill, you know, nice. and fight the things that are blocking them from pursuing their dreams. With some of the most beautiful music that I've heard in a very, very long time, very mm -hmm. catchy. And it's, it's a mother-daughter story and it's a father-daughter story. Um, and it's a universal story 
it's a universal story. And when I saw it in Utah, I just, I fell in love with it. You know, people say to me, why, why this story? This is my first role at lead producing a musical. It was my first time doing this. Mm-hmm. And I've raised money as we've been invested in 15 shows from London to New York, but why fly more? What is it about fly more? And it's the fact that I left the theater, I, I laughed, I cried and I felt uplifted. This is a show that just uplifts me and it uplifted the people around me. I went two nights in order to see it. And there were people there that were eight to 80. And they all, I heard them talking at intermission. I asked them what they thought at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. They loved it. There were people that told me they had been back three or four times. And this show only ran for five weeks. Um, So, I felt that if it connected there and saw the different ways that it was connecting with people, that there's a future for this show. Wow. So it's in Utah. You're in New York. How did you know that's quite a distance? How the heck did you hear about it? Yeah. um, One of my former cater waiters who worked for me, I've been doing this for 30 years, the the event business, he posted. He's the head of drama, a drama teacher at Syracuse University in Syracuse, New York, mm-hmm. which is closer to you yes. than it is today. <laughs> he posted on Facebook that he was flying to Utah for a month or a month and a half to be in a production of this musical Fly More Than You Fall, which initially started at Syracuse, at Syracuse University back in 2018. So he was involved with it then. Um, and then I then he posted a few articles that appeared in various Utah papers, um, reviews, and one article said, could this musical in Utah be the next year Evan Hansen? And I'm like, hmm, click on, read article. Interesting. Then another article that said, what, and this might, between this article and the other one, why for more than you fall deserves to be on Broadway. And after I read those two articles, it, 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 something struck me, why not fly to Utah yeah. to, to A, support my f- friend Tom, who's in it, and B, more importantly, or just as important, to see this, to check out a musical, to check out something new when very few producers from New York were flying down to see it. I, you know, I call them, they're like, no one's, no one's coming to support our show. A lot of the New York producers and the bigger producers were all flying to San Diego to check out another musical. So it was me going against the grain, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah San Diego would have been great. Sun and everyone's flying to San Diego. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it's trying to do something a little different. You know, if everyone's going one way, even though they're basically it's in the same direction, <laughs> I wanted to go to Utah. And, and I, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna work because this show is really something special and it's, it's a new show. Yeah. It's in, that's not based on the music is brand new. The story is brand new. There's no pre-existing material on this show. So this is really a new, new musical. And, and I think every new writer, writer of new musicals, thanks you for taking that time to 
go against the grain, like you said. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Don't go to the San Diego's. Go check out something new because if everybody's going there, then great. It, it might be a hit that so whatever it is in San Diego, but you know, you got that something and and people need to need more producers like yourself who are willing to look at these new things and that's really nice for you to say and i just got on christmas eve an email from the writer and in it it, it says i wanted to reach out and thank you so very much for your support this year you changed our lives when you decided to option fly more and i'm incredibly grateful 2020 has been a difficult year but you've always stayed positive and you constant, constantly found ways to keep the show moving. Yeah. You brought us so many strong director candidates and each interview strengthened the show. You're always looking for new and innovative ways to promote the show. And I'm so grateful that Fly More is in your hands. You're a ball of light and energy in my life. And I want you to know how truly grateful I am. I look forward to all the wonderful things that would await us in 2021. And I am beyond thrilled that you will be by my side as they come to fruition. And that yeah. sums it, that sums it up. For sure. For sure. You know, even, even if it doesn't, you know, even if it doesn't get to Broadway, it doesn't do any of that stuff. You've made a difference in, in, in these people's lives and, and it, it's, it's important. And, and those people will never forget it. And, and people like myself who are, are also trying to support new works won't forget it. And we won't forget your name, no matter, you know, whatever happens, you know, with the show, whether it gets enormous or whatever. And I thank you for giving us uh, and other musicals out there, the platform and the opportunity to share these works with, with the public. Because as you said, this show might not make it to Broadway. My goal and hope is, but it's sharing, it's getting it out there and sharing it and, yeah exposing people to, yeah. to to theater. Heck, it, it might not get to Broadway, but it might get into a thousand community theaters, which ain't Absolutely. so bad either. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I say, I've said to people, this is a show that could play from Seoul to Salt Lake. It's already played in Salt Lake. It could play in Seoul. Yeah. It is that warm, lovable show, like, like Come From Away, mm. which had a which started in, <laughs> in Canada and it's yep. one of my favorite musicals I love it sure. yeah. and um I hope we could share this with the show with people around the world so you went to Utah you saw the show you saw it a couple of times you said right mm -hmm. a yep. couple of times did you approach the the uh the creators after the first night after the second night or after you'd gone back to New York how, how did that process after the first night because i they knew i was coming okay because there were two executive producers in utah from new york that coordinated me going and made sure that when i got there i got a tour of the facility and stuff like that so i met the lyricist was there at that time i met him after just to say hello mm -hmm. um quick conversation because i was just going there to see it without any intention of what the deal was for sure um and then on the second night he did a talk back after oh. and when i saw how how great he was talking to the audience and bringing the audience together yep. that was a big set a, a big 
plus for me. Mm-hmm. Plus I had met with Tom, my friend for lunch that day. Cause I wanted to get to hear what they were like. And Tom said, these are the greatest guys that they, if the director wanted changes, they did changes quickly, that they were very collaborative with not only the cast, but with the crew, which was very important for me to know in advance that if I was to move forward on the commercial side, that I would be working with people and getting into bed with people, creatives Mm -hmm. that are collaborative, right? The show wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form in Utah, but it was strong enough. And I saw the potential in both the music and the story that there, there is something there that will resonate to audiences worldwide. And so I met them in Utah and then met with them again when we came back to New York and back and forth and, and um, got, the, got the rights and we're all very happy and yeah. spent a few months working with a director in, New, in, sorry, in Chicago at the Paramount Theater. They had expressed mm-hmm. interest we worked with Amber Mack, a wonderful, wonderful person there, uh, who's a big fan of the show, and she directs a lot of their new musical programs, and was going to bring us in to work with them. Uh, but COVID happened; we couldn't do that. So we spent four months with zooming with her, the writer Larissa, to rework the script from the production in Utah to where the script currently stands. Just a great, great collaborating with her and we're looking forward to collaborating with the next whatever that next stage is yeah collaborating and i think you made a a fantastic point that you know let's be honest no show is perfect (laughs) when it's first out of the gate or even the second out of the gate but when you have somebody that is willing to work and is a good person and a creative team that are passionate and and you know good people like you said you heard them speak about it afterwards imperfections of a show can be fixed that's that's easy to fix those can be worked on it's the human element that if they're not willing to work and things like that that you can't change Humans are so much more difficult so 100 percent, 100 percent, and uh and yeah that, that's so true yeah and i think you found a perfect storm there of you know a great show just the timing, good people, and and that, it must. What's that feeling when you find that that perfect show and and you decided yes, I want to invest in it. Meaning the past shows or fly more. This would fly, oh, this fly more, fly more. You know, it's been really exciting because we're in the process now of reaching out to regional theaters. Mm. I have a call in a little bit with a regional theater that reached out to us. I, we're slowly reaching out to other re, to, to regional theaters, both here around the world. And we're in the process of uh, reaching out to directors and a creative team. And it's very important to myself and to the writers that the story gets told that we put together a creative team that's made up of at least 65% female and BIPOC. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the investor and producer team to kind of reflect those voices, not because it's the thing that everyone feels that they need to do, but because it's the thing that works with our story. This is a beautiful story about a mother and a daughter that 
the, the voices that continue on with the show should reflect that. Whether it's the direct from the director to the lyricist, to the director to the orchestrator to the choreographer to the set designer, I am determined to reach out and to to kind of that our continue our story with those with those voices. Mm. It's very important to the guys. It's very important to me, um, and to start changing the way stories are told on Broadway by the voices that tell those stories, and. Hopefully that's bringing in new voices. And one of the directors that we're speaking with, she's she lived the story. Mm. She has a brother whose wife passed away of cancer who has a 16-year-old daughter. She basically said to me, I am Malia. Malia is the main character in the story. And we've only we've reached out to a dozen, but she feels the story yeah. and is and moving forward with her, hopefully, because nothing has been signed yet, could be a, a very, there's a lot of exciting things that this show can do yeah. to kind of help. And this will be a wonderful show coming out of COVID because it's a happy, uplifting yeah. musical that'll tie people together. Nice. And yeah, just talking about that director, she can bring you know a, a, a level of, of a directing but then a second level of experience and a third level you know that exactly the yeah. guys loved her she has lived through her brother and the brother had it is you know coping with a 16 14 year old girl without their mother right. it's just putting all the pieces together are very exciting we might yeah. be using some of the creative team that was involved with utah and break keep keeping them involved yeah in the flymore family you know and it's creating a family and that's a very and not all the family members are gonna be beautiful to start with, but if the family gets together sure. and works as a whole, it'll help the show fly. That's that's fantastic. Congratulations on, on finding the show and and um, getting it up. And, and again, like I said, you're, you're taking the risk of a new show that nobody knows yet. Yet, that's the key, right? Hey, yeah, that's right. You know, it's it's tough. For anybody who's involved with theater or, has, or anything, you know, this has been a really rough year. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that I'm undertaking this as my first and under COVID makes to add 10 more rocks onto my back, so to speak. Yeah. But I have the passion for, I'm up for the challenge, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm up for climbing up that mountain, you know. Um, and and to to see what what can be done with it, it's 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 very exciting. And yes, if it gets to Broadway, which I'm hoping with the support of you know fans, and we're going to start releasing some of the the music soon, and it's going to be able to be uh, heard. And I hope we hear back and get great feedback from people. I want I want to know. Look, not everyone's perfect, but a little plastic surgery here and there, and you work on the imperfections, and that's what we're going to do. And I want the creative team, I want my investors and producers to have more of a say than I've had in the past on my shows that I've either invested in or co-produced. I want this to be a family. Yeah. You know? So and, yeah. The sounds of it, you're looking for um, probably producers like yourself who uh, have more than just, it's just more than just money. It, it's the investment of, and the passion and the, the, the want to work with every level um, 100%. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. 
That's very cool. Um, again, congratulations. That's that's incredible. Uh, and, and think about it. You say all the rocks on your back now. Think how easy the next one's going to be when we don't have a COVID and a pandemic. <laughs> I, yeah, let's have, I, yes. And we are, Broadway will be open again soon. Yep. Vaccines are starting to be given and we will be back up and running. Hopefully, hopefully by this time next year, we'll be in the theater when um, it's safe for the crews and the cast and the audiences. Yeah. Broadway will return and we will return and New York will return and theater will return and yeah. Canada and the West End and Broadway and we will be there yep. ready ready to buy that ticket and ready to come out with new productions. Nice. So what do you see right now? What are you doing outside of, of, of that show? Is there anything else that you're, you're doing moving forward? What do you see yourself... Um in the future i guess companies all that stuff is going to come back and, and yeah hopefully company will come back american buffalo is about to go into the theater with um with um lawrence fishburne sam rockwell and darren chris it's a cast so that and uh theater wise it's it's pretty much this yeah. business wise it's we're launching a new website a new uh, website tomorrow called Art Consultant Gent, no, where no. I will be um, advising people on purchasing art, helping individuals sell their art, helping artists, giving artists a platform on our website so that they could try to market themselves and sell their art. It's giving, it, it's like theater bringing in new, giving new voices the opportunity to show their creative side. So Art Consultant Gent is, Gonna be tomorrow and nice um when hopefully the party world will come back and modelbartenders.com will yeah. start sending out staff for events again and um premier lifestyle management another company we started under covid is offering services to people uh concierge type we had a client last week a friend of mine whose wife is a big hamilton fan oh, yeah. so we arranged for the current hamilton to call her up on her birthday and surprise uh, her with a call. Man. And we had a few other actors who do um, video shout outs for her. So <laughs> again, it's keeping actors busy and giving revenue to theater people. So it's kind of trying to fit my theater world, my yeah. party world, and you know, we'll keep people busy and have fun. And Well, well you know, the fact that you're still doing all this stuff, considering, you are living in the two worlds, the events and the theater that get hit the hardest. By I know, I should start a GoFundMe page. <laughs> right, it doesn't look, I'm not, you know, I'm not going hungry. I'm not lost. Anyway, <laughs> look, it's, yeah. But you, you, you're, you're keep going. You, you are pushing through and doing stuff. So again, congratulations on that. Just, you know, and keeping right. a smile on your face and, 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 all that fun stuff so yes as you can see i'm i am smiling um, <laughs> why not so so mark i i just want to say thank you for coming on today uh, and talking about the show and uh, and all that stuff and i'm really looking forward to seeing that, that show somewhere wherever it Me is too. you will have the best seats in the house wherever <laughs> it goes so you might have to go to seoul korea or sydney australia both oh. beautiful places uh, maybe it'll be right in your backyard be, uh, that would be nice too if it just happened or whatever the future is you're a big part of helping uh, musical theater get to, get to these point get to that so point much, Mark. So thank, thank you, you. no before we go though i always ask three questions of my guests 
Okay. There's no right or wrong answer, but there might be a wrong answer at the end. So we're going to find out okay. how well you do with this. All right. All right. We'll, we'll keep it easy at the beginning. We'll keep it simple. Okay. All right. Question number one, what creator or team within musical theater has had a great influence on you? This could be a composer, a lyricist, director, producer, an actor, even stage manager. They can be famous, not famous, maybe a teacher. Who, who in theater, musical theater has, has influenced you? I would say Michael Bennett, because Chorus Line was one of the first show albums I had as a kid. And I used to love listening to that record to put it in that kind of, um, <laughs> to put it in that way. So I would say Michael Bennett, um, Hal Prince. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to, to get to meet him once um, at a rehearsal for The Rink, if I remember correctly. And he could not have been a more generous, friendly, personable guy. And this is even before he wanted to go into theater. Um, I think, Marion Elliott, the director of the current version of Company, what she has done with her creative team in London on Company was phenomenal. And what she's doing now on the Broadway version is phenomenal. Um, I, I want to say Adrian Warren, currently in Tina, who's knocks it out of the park five days a week and what and the voice that she has given to Broadway in the recent six to eight months under COVID and talking about issues that are very important to the Broadway community have really enlightened, enlightened a lot of people. And I, I respect her for not only for her work on stage, but for the work she's been doing off stage. So there's a whole you know 30 year range or 40 year range of people that pop into my mind quickly yeah. that I've had like an impact on the, the Broadway and the theater world. Very cool. That is a correct answer. <laughs> You've got question number one, correct. So congratulations. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's hard to get that one wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> question number two, are there any shows that you just kick yourself for passing on that you, you that for being a producer, you saw the show, you went, eh, you know what? That's nah, okay. Um, but you went, I, you know, I loved, I loved, Oh, that I kicked myself. Yeah. Well, no, I, I tried desperately hard to get involved with Come From Away. I loved yeah. it, loved it, but could not get myself on that show. No. It was, you know, way before anybody that I had done a lot of shows. So it, I didn't have the right connections to get in. Yeah. But are there any shows that I, I regret having done? Or not done? Not, oh, not that you oh, not passed on, you went, uh, you know, or, or wasn't able to get? Well, I come from away. Yeah. I try, and I am now the biggest supporter of that show. And I don't, I didn't get to invest and I didn't produce, but I love it. I love what the lead producers did with that show. I, it I is, can't say enough great things about that show. Um, nor can I, I've seen it a couple of times and it is something that's so different and, and beautiful. And yeah, it's, it, it does, it gets all the, all the accolades it gets, it deserves completely. I would have loved to have been on that show, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Question number three, maybe the most important one. Okay. Food in the theater or cell phones in the theater, which are worse? Ah, which is worse, food or cell phones? Um, 
That's a very good question. <laughs> I, I like to I like to eat, but I don't really eat that much in the theater. I'm more of a theater drinker. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do cell phones. Cell phones in the theater. Okay. So so you and Patty Lapone obviously <laughs> agree yes. on that cell phone. Yes, thing. Patty Lapone. Also a very big influence in the theater. She's right up. She should have been on my list as well. You know, uh, you can't have theater without Patty Lapone. No, you cannot. Well, the correct answer for the food and cell phones is both. Both are awful. <laughs> so wow, that's a tricky. That's a trick question. I know. I, I will still give you points for it though. You you get uh, three All points right. for the. Only because I like to have an expensive drink at the theater in my sippy cup. The problem is, I, and I've said it before, and I'll always say it: people leave the cups on the floor and the food on the floor, and they just leave a mess for the ushers. And that's right. Pick up the pick up those. If it's a branded cup, and not enough shows to it, pick them up and take it as a souvenir. Yeah. I'll tell you a very funny, embarrassing story um, <laughs> about drinks and sippy cups. It's very hard to get the sometimes to get the beverage out of those little straws. Okay. Now the paper straws. I, I recently saw a show. I bought a, a glass of wine and I took this cover off because it would make it easier. I fell asleep. Oh no. And I was wearing white, uh, was I, wearing, I might've been wearing white pants and it was red wine. Oh, Dropped the drink geez. all over my pants. So never take the sippy cup cover off or lesson B, don't fall asleep at shows. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which is the right answer. <laughs> I don't know. So, both, both. Just I like you not have an answer. And correct answer is both. <laughs> that is three for three. For All that right. story alone, you get bonus points. All right. So. Bonus points. Again, Mark, thank you so much. Oh my God, thank you so much. It was always great talking to you. No problem. All right. All right. We were just speaking with uh, producer Mark Levine. Uh, tune in next week when we'll be speaking with another guest or guests about their life, love, and passion. That is musical theater. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff, and I will see you when I see you. We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theater throughout the world, and we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community.